Jesus, we come to you today and we sing of your goodness. We sense your goodness. We sense your love in this place and we thank you for that. We ask God as we move into this time of listening to your word that we would hear you, that you would speak to us, that every heart would be open to hear you, to see you, to listen to you, and to obey you. Lord Jesus, speak to us today through your Holy Spirit. Amen. If you want to follow along, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 9 today, continuing our series here in the book of Genesis. Chapter 12, 1 through 9. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated, and the persons which they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Morah. Now the Canaanite was then in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Then he proceeded from there to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Abram journeyed on, continuing toward the Negev. It is, it is hard to go on a journey. Um, you know, you've got to map out where you're headed, uh, you've got to figure out what supplies you need to get to where you're headed. So in, in today's terms, you might say, okay, is the car ready to go? Uh, I don't know about you, but we've owned vehicles where when we ask that question, we laugh and we decide to stay in town. There's been other times we've been blessed and, and the car is ready to go and we map out where we're headed, and then you got to kind of map out, okay, where are we going to sleep at night? Who are we going to stay with? What are we going to do? We need supplies. We need snacks for the road. You can't not have snacks for the road, so you pack those, and then you plan where you're going and when you're going to come back. So what I'm describing here is basically a family vacation, and sometimes you got to ask the question, are we going to take the kids with us or not? Those journeys are hard enough to plan out. Those journeys are hard enough, but think then of a journey where you know you're not coming back to the place that you left, and on top of it, you don't know where you're going. Think, think of that just for a moment. Your spouse comes to you and says, hey, I've got a great idea. We're just going to leave. Okay, but when are we coming back? No, 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 you don't get it. We're going. Pack it all up, sell the house, get rid of the lease. Everything you can fit into the back of the van, that's going with us, and we're going to go. Okay, all right, that's a bit much. 
but it sounds okay. Where are we headed? I don't know. But when we get there, we'll know. Now, most of you would just walk away from that conversation, hoping it never happens again. But this is the kind of conversation that we expect Abram would have had with Sarai and his nephew, Lot. Abram is in the land of Haran. He just moved up from the land of Ur. And he is minding his own business when out of nowhere the Lord appears to him and says, Pack up your things, Abram. You're getting out of this town. Do we have the map up on the screen by chance? This is the world that Abram lived in. And I don't know how well you can see it, and I don't have a laser pointer, but uh, if you can squint your eyes, there's a little red dot to the right, bottom right corner of that map. That is the land of Ur. That is the land that that Abram's family knew from birth. Terah, his father, he lived there. His brothers lived there with him. The family grew up there. And one day, his father, Terah, said, we're getting out of town. We're going to go. Well, where are we going? We're going to go to the land of Canaan. Well, if you notice, over on the, the other side of the map, there's two little dots there. That's the land of Canaan. You notice there's green all around except for where they need to go. That's all desert. It's pure desert. There is no water. There's nothing in that region. And so Abram's father says, well, let's go to Canaan. We're going to get there, and life is going to be better. And so they start to head north because, you know, stay in the green. Those are the roads. That's the highways and so on. And there's some cities. There's some nice hotels you can stay in. Good eating in those neighborhoods. Well, they got to Haran. You see the dot right at the top? That's Haran, and for some reason, Abram's family said, that's enough. We're going to settle here. There is a very good possibility that because they got up and moved, and they moved as an entire family, that they were farmers. They probably had livestock. They probably had certain kind of uh, uh, plants that they knew how to grow. But the idea that they stopped in the middle of their journey suggests that Haran was better than Ur. It suggests that when they got to Haran, they said, wow, do you remember Ur? Oh yeah, Ur, my goodness, that was a horrible city to live in. But look at Haran, my goodness, look at the beautiful vegetation and look at all the grass. Our livestock can feed off this grass for ages. And at some point, they decided that they were not going to go any farther than Haran because Haran offered something that Ur couldn't and they were taking a chance on Canaan and that was security. You see, this green place was the most luxurious place in the Middle East back then. It was called the Fertile Crescent because that is where the ground is the most fertile. And so if you could live in that spot and you could be secure in that spot, you were good for life. You had all the vegetation you needed, you had all the plants that you needed, you had all the animals that you needed, and so you could begin to grow a family, and you could begin to be safe in your life. You've got to remember, a few thousand years ago, they didn't have grocery stores. They didn't have too many markets. Cities would sometimes have markets, but you're talking about a day-in, day-out survival mentality. 
They were living each and every day hoping that the next day would bring enough food for them to live. So when you get to a place like Haran and it's surrounded by these green pastures, you don't leave it. You stay put. And then from here, we can begin to grow our family, we can begin to grow our wealth, and maybe someday our family would have a great name in this community, and we would no longer be known as Terah from the land of Ur of the Chaldeans. We're going to be known as Terah or Abram or or whichever son catches on to the goodness of this place. We're going to be known as being from Haran. But out of the blue, God steps in, And he says to Abram, Abram, I need you to pack up your things and leave. Hold on, God. We just got here. And if you remember, Dad wanted us to go down to Canaan, and he stopped us here because we got some good stuff here. But out of the blue, God says, I need you to leave everything. Think about what God is asking him to leave. First, he says, leave your country. So leave that region that you know is going to provide safety for the rest of your life. You are confident that it has everything you need for your family to survive. Abram, I need you to leave it. Okay? Can I take my family? No. You need to leave your family as well. Now at this point in Abram's life, he is the head of the household, whatever he says goes. He is the one that administers law to his brother and his children, and as those families grow out, they need his permission to separate from him to start their own household. Abram is leaving authority. He has authority over his brother. He has authority not only over his children, but he's now adopted his nephew Lot, and he's in his family. And, and not only that, he has the name of Terah. He has the name of his father still with him. And so he's building this little community within Haran that he's hoping someday will take over. And Haran will, no, uh, will then be noted as being a part of his family, not the other way around. You ever have a, I don't know, this might be too personal of a question. I'm going to ask it anyway. You ever live in a community where there's just that one family name? Yeah, we've all been there. In fact, I've, I've actually caught on to a few in this community. I've had some meetings with people, and they've mentioned a name, and I've said, you guys, is that a business? And they kind of laugh at all. They say, well, they own a business. But that's sort of what this idea is. The idea is that you would bring your family into a community and people would begin to know your family and would begin to trust your family, would begin to trade with your family, and at some point would be able to listen to your family. And so God is stepping in to Abram's plans and he says, I'm not going to have you do that. You need to leave your family name. All, all of the plans that your father had and all the plans that you have for your family in this country, you need to leave it, all of it. Which means Abram is leaving his security. Back to the question I asked earlier at the beginning of this message, your spouse comes up to you and says, we're leaving, we gotta go. You drain the bank account. You, you can't roll over the 401k or the pension, so, so you remove that. Everything that you had planned for how you're gonna retire and how your kids are gonna grow up near you, all of that is done. And look at the age that Abram is. 75 years old. A lot of people wouldn't do that in their 20s or 30s. And Abram is 75 
And God is stepping in the middle of his planned life saying, you need to get up and go. And then Abram's response, I'm assuming in the middle of that dialogue is, okay, God, all right, I trust you. I will go. Where are we going? I'll let you know. You want me to leave my country? You want me to leave Haran where everything is good and go to a place and when I get there, that's when you'll show me? That's right. Don't forget, you can take your wife and your uh, son Lot or your nephew Lot. You can take them and you can take your possessions, enough that you can survive the journey and enough that you can settle within Canaan. But everything else, write off. Give to your brother. Leave the land. Give it all away. Follow me. There's a lot of trust, obviously, that has to go into this. Where, where Abram is listening, you need to leave everything, but look at what's promised. What's promised from God is extraordinary. What's promised from God is everything that a person could wish or ask for in that time. He says, first of all, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a place that you're going to live. So right now, your land is Haran. At one point, your land was Ur. Your land is going to be this area over here. When you show up, I'll let you know what the land looks like, but you need to trust me. And when you get there, I am going to make you a great nation. Now remember what it says in the text, Abram's wife didn't have a child. All Abram had was his nephew Lot, and, and when he dies, everything's either going to go to Lot or he's got other hired servants in his household that he could give all of his possessions to. But at this point, he has no one to hand it off to. If he were to stay in Haran, he could at least give it to his brother and his brother would continue on the family name. But now that he separates from his brother, he has to go and he has to trust that God is actually going to start a family for him because you can't start a nation if you don't even have a family. And God says, if you trust me and if you go, I will make you a nation. No, he doesn't just say a nation. He says a great nation, an exceeding nation, a large nation that everybody is going to hear about, that everybody is going to experience, that everybody is going to know. I will make your descendants into a great nation. Further, God says, I will give you a blessing that is incredibly important in that day. When you served a God, you expected that that God would give you a blessing and that that God was in charge of something within the created world. And so you would sometimes go to a God and hope that they would give you a blessing based on what they're in control of and given the nature of who God is and the stories that have been passed down from generation to generation, Noah is listening to the God. Not one of the gods, he is listening to the God of the created universe, and that man says, I will give you a blessing. So not only does Abram get a new land that he's hoping is going to be better than the land he's in, if he obeys God, he's going to have a family that's going to turn into a great exceeding nation, and he's going to have a blessing from the God who knows all, who created all, is in charge of all. So that blessing is incredibly powerful for, Ab for Abram's life because it means his life is not going to be in danger. He's not going to have to worry about floods. He's not going to have to worry about fires. He's not going to have to worry about any natural disaster because God has blessed him exceedingly. 
And on top of it all, when Abram dies, people are going to remember his name. Now, for us today, that probably doesn't mean a whole lot. And we're going to get into this as we continue in the book of Genesis, but what you need to know is that the name of a person is the most important aspect of who they are. Their name was who they were. You didn't just name a child a random name. You named over that child what you wanted that child to be. And when a person died, their hope was that people would remember their name from generation to generation so that they could live on in those generations. And so God says to Abram, if you follow me, if you stay in Haran, nobody's going to remember your name. You have plans to be a big shot in Haran. That ain't happening, Abram. But if you listen to my word, you obey what I command, I am going to make sure everybody knows who you are until the end of time. But what's keeping Abram from receiving all of this? He has to leave his country. Abram can't just stay where he's at and hope that God will relent and give it to him. Have you read about this God yet? He doesn't relent. When he has a plan, he sticks to it. And if you don't listen to him, he'll just go on to the next person. So Abram can't just stay in Haran and really hope that if he tries hard enough, God is going to change his mind and God will make his name great and Haran will still be a blessed land and his family will be blessed and then he can build it into a great nation. He doesn't have any of those options before him. He either says no to God and so all of the promises of God or he says yes by leaving everything he knows to be secure and going to a place that God will soon show him. And so Abram does what a lot of us would consider as the unthinkable. He packs up his bags he gives his brother the head of household status in Haran. He takes his nephew Lot because he's essentially adopted. They, they empty the bank account. They take all of their possessions so they can start a new life. And they head out, not knowing where they're going. Imagine that kind of journey. Uh, just, just imagine. You got everything packed. It's like, all right, Sarai, we're headed out. Wrong way. He said this way. <laughs> and then as you start to walk, you settle down, you pitch your tent, you get things ready to camp out for the evening and hope that the next day you'll know where to go. And as you're setting it out, you're thinking to yourself, all right, God, is this it? Is, is, this, is this the place over here? Nope, pack up, we gotta go. He says, keep walking. And you keep walking, and you settle down, and then you ask again, okay, God, is this the place that you've called us to? Not here? Okay, let's get back up, and let's keep going. Doing that for 600 miles from Haran down to Canaan, and remember, Abram's already been through this process. The journey from Ur to Haran is about 600 miles. When Emily and I moved here, I looked at the people that helped unload our truck and I said, I hope you guys like us because we're never moving again. 
and we had a U-Haul and we only had one evening in a hotel. That was it. That's nothing compared to the journey that Abram and his family had to go through. Every night, camping out, staying in places they had never seen before, hoping that maybe this would be the place that God has called them to live. 600 miles of walking with all of your luggage and all of your possessions and everything you know about life, trusting that if God says he's going to bless you, he will do it. Well, Abram finally gets to a location that God says, you've arrived. This is one part of the piece of land that I'm going to be giving you and your family. And so Abram builds an altar. And then he continues to journey. We assume it's because God calls him to continue to journey. And he, and he journeys down near Bethel and I, and God says, this too is going to be your land. And so Abram sets up another altar. And when he sets up that altar, he calls on the name of the Lord. Because he knows that that journey could not have happened if it wasn't for God. He also knows that he's not in this situation if it wasn't for God. So, so on the one hand, he's responding to God like, thank you, Lord, for the incredible journey. Thank you for showing us where the land is. And then he also sets up an altar that says, thank you for all of that, but uh, you kind of got us into this mess. And I noticed the Canaanites are still in this land, and you said my family was going to be a great nation. I'm still with you, God. Are you still with me? The trust in Abraham's heart is so incredible in this story because he leaves a place that we assume has all the security he needs as a family. And he travels to a land that he doesn't know, settles in a land that he's a foreigner, a stranger, a land where there's other people there at 75 years old without his wife being pregnant. All of this is in hope, faith, and trust that when God calls him to do something, he will do it. And sure enough, as, as we're going to go through the book of Genesis and continue this story of Abram, we're going to find out that God holds to his promise. We're going to find out that God does, in fact, give him the land of Canaan. God does, in fact, bless his wife with a child. God does, in fact, stick with the people that Abram starts God does, in fact, stick with them throughout time. And what we see, too, is that Abram's name is blessed. We're still talking about him. I'm preaching a whole sermon on the guy's name. I've never met him before. I, I don't know if you have, but we're all these generations, thousands of years later, and we're still talking about him. His faith and his trust is so incredible when we read about it. But here's why it affects my life and why it affects your life. There's one blessing I left out that's very important. When God says, I'm going to give you a land, I'm going to make your name great, I'm going to make you a great nation, people are going to remember you for the rest of their lives. He says, all of the families of the earth 
will be blessed through you. Which means Abram's obedience was not just tied to the blessings that God could give him, but his obedience to God resulted in other people being blessed with God's favor. And what we see this especially through is it's through the bloodline of Abram that we receive the person of Jesus Christ. You are in this church because thousands of years ago, Abram said, I trust you, God. I'm going to follow your command. God's blessing over Abram resulted in his blessing over our life. And what we see throughout the book of Genesis, throughout the rest of Scripture, is this was God's plan to redeem all of mankind. This was God's plan to bring us all in the world into a relationship with Jesus Christ. This was God's plan to give us a blessing so that we wouldn't die. So where do we go with this? Well, the first question I have for us today is, is there anything that you need to leave in order to continue to receive God's blessing? If you're in this place, I assume you're here because you're searching for God's blessing. But is there anything in your life that you think will provide you security and God has been nudging you to say, let go of that? Maybe it's a worry issue. Maybe, maybe there's some financial issues or some medical issues that you want to control within your life and you think, if I can hold on to this and I can manage it myself, I'll be okay. But God is saying, you need to trust me to manage this in your life. Maybe it's a sin issue. Maybe there's some sin that has been getting in between you and your relationship with God, but every time you're afraid and every time life seems to spiral out of control, you go back to sin because it's a comfort to you because it provides what you think is security in your life. Do you need to leave that behind? What Abram's story tells us is that when God calls you to leave something behind, there's always something better that he wants to provide. See, we have this problem in our lives where we tend to identify everything, uh, we, we tend to identify our life in this way that if we have to change, we have to leave something behind. We, we tend to have this idea that, that, okay, I need to change for God, but if I let go of this, I've just let go of all of my identity. Well, to some extent, that's true. You've got to let go a portion of your identity. Maybe it's sin that you're so identified with it, but it's not your identity. But when you let it go and receive what God has blessed you with, you actually receive a better identity than what you've been holding on to. Think of Abram in Haran. Up in Haran, he was Abram, son of Terah, and we might not have ever heard of his name if he hadn't obeyed God. So what he was leaving behind was a portion of his identity. It was security, but once he left it behind, he received the promise of God, and now we're talking about him. We're reading about him. Is there anything that you need to leave behind in your life in order to receive the identity and the blessings of God? The second question we have is, are you actively searching for 
what God has for you in your life? Are you asking the question of God, God, what can you call me to do? Or what are you calling me to do? God, are you calling me to give something up? Lord, do you have a blessing for me? Lord, do you have a commission for me like you had one for Abram? Lord, is there anything that you can give me? It's okay to ask God for things. I'm going to say that again. It's okay to ask God for things. But it has to actually be from God to receive it. So are you actively searching for what God has for your life? And then the third is, are we letting others know in this world that they too can be a family blessed by the blessing of Abraham? Let me put it this way. For me, the greatest blessing that Abraham received was that all of the families of the earth would be blessed through him. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be a friend of Jesus. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be saved by his grace. If it wasn't for that, none of us would be in this church. So with that knowledge, are we going and actively sharing with people in this world, in your workplace, in your school, in college classes, at the store? Let me put it this way. Are you annoying people with the message of salvation? Are you known as that person that's like, oh my goodness, they always talk about Jesus? Good. Be that annoying person. Let others know that they can be blessed, that they can come into this place and experience the presence of Jesus to be a blessed family. And to think this all started because Abram was willing to let go of what he thought would give him a secure life. And when he did that, he received the blessings of God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you would call somebody like Abram. Lord, we thank you that you would call somebody like us here today, that you would call us to leave, that you would call us to receive your blessings. We pray, God, that if you have anything for us, you would provide it. We pray, God, if, the, if there's anything we haven't left behind, that you would call us to leave it behind. I invite now the prayer team, if you want to come up, and if you need prayer in this time, we have prayer teams up here that would love to pray over you. Let's stand.